Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? And there we are. Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other co-host, Kevin Spence. And we've got all our microphones turned on. We've got four people in studio, a couple of poets in as our guests today, Bonnie Nish and Jude Neal. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here. Happy Happy New New Year Year to both of you. Happy New Year. Welcome. Thanks. Uh, You're going to be reading from your new book, Cantata in Two Voices, which are both of you together, and uh, some other stuff. And maybe, uh, Jude, I think you were going to start us off, so maybe introduce that, please. I am. I'm going to start off with a poem called And Not. It's based on the last two weeks of my life, where my mother was dying, and I had the privilege of being with her, and slept with her, and... She was in a coma, I slept with her and rubbed oil on her and combed her hair. And uh, it was a really a moving and transcending experience. And this poem is called And Not. Tonight I sleep beside you in the hospital bed, hearing you gasp for air. And yet you are slowly leaving you slip past me and I can't wait for the next inhalation both wanting it and not I feel privileged to share your struggle I comfort you as you did me so many years ago love comes in many forms sometimes messy never pristine the rattle of your breath quickens my heart i hold your hand against my chest drink in your ferocious strength oh little one carry nothing with you so you can slide out of your body unencumbered by regret or fear Remember when you swam in salty phosphorescence, floating and gleaming. Now is your time to let go and soar. Wow. Dude, thank you so much. That's so powerfully beautiful and as an ode and elegy kind of all at once. It's really beautiful. Thank you. I wrote it in bed with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was curious. Well, there were two things. I love the line because I think about it, of wanting it and not wanting it, you know, for her to stay and then knowing Mm -hmm. that it's probably best for her to leave and go wherever spirits go, you know, but our own struggle of wanting that person we love to stick around. Yeah. Just those three, four words Mm -hmm. capture that. Want it and not. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So you wrote that while you were in uh, bed with her and taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Um, were other poems coming to you at that time, or is I or wrote is, five poems. Okay. Yeah. All the same day, or just over the two over weeks? Over two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And is that something that, uh, like, so processing that, does that process, do you feel like that's, uh, I was going to say let go yet, but um, but how does that help in your process? Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely feel let go now. Mm-hmm. And uh, healed. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's poetry as ritual, too, mm-hmm. in our world where, you know, what are the rituals that we have from the past? Well, we make up a lot of stuff along the way, and this feels like a beautiful um, goodbye that's kind of that's ritualistic and considering, you know, your mother in the womb herself and that movement, that slipping kind of out, it, it creates ritual and it creates something that can be shared with other people. So this intensely intimate moment is then um, o- open to the world. It's gorgeous. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, so what about other poetry that you've read? Uh, elegies and that sort of stuff did that help you in constructing this or does it just did you feel it just came from you or how it just came from me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and all of them did I read them all to my mom too even though she was in a coma they say the last thing to go is hearing Mm -hmm. and so I read them all to her as well Mm -hmm. held her hand wow an intense way to end the year. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, in a way, I was going to say congratulations, but in a way, congratulations, it feels like there was a sense, something got, was accomplished and something mm-hmm. happened, yes. you know, something happened, something always happens, but. Mm-hmm. Yes, it wasn't sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's pause for a sec. Breathe that in. <laughs> nice. Um, so, let's talk about the book that you two have been working on. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Do you want to read something uh, first, too? And well, maybe we can talk about everything else. Or how do you want to do it? Um, I can read. This is a poem from the book, Cantata in Two Voices, called My Father and Me. So just to set up the book a little bit, we took lines from other poets and sent them to each other um, to inspire each other. And the poem, all the poems are set up like that. Um, okay. And... Then we sent the lines back and forth, so we literally wrote the book together. Oh, okay. So, uh, but we don't tell you whose lines are whom. Mm. Uh, we can't remember. Uh, whose yeah, lines yeah. Are yeah. So yeah. would you would you write one line and then send it off, or would you or a stanza oh, okay. or a few lines that whatever mm. spoke to us while okay. we were writing, and we literally did this book in fifty two days, fifty three oh. days. And is this your first effort at writing collaboratively, or have you been doing this for a while? Oh, we've written together before. Yeah. 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 So, but this time it just felt right to keep going. Mm -hmm. And we made a promise to each other that we would write uh, for 50 days and see what happened. And the whole book came together. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is called My Father and Me. Uh, And the lines are from Lorna Kirshner, Man from the North. He came out of the snow, bones over his eyes, so he wouldn't go blind. My father seemed a tall man to my children, his white hair a signature they kept in their pockets when life was too overwhelming and they needed a memory of kindness. For me, he was a wild man, came from the forest, strong like the trees and wild boar. He shielded my eyes from the look of disapproval from strangers, 
The umbrella he gripped protected us from family squalls. My father was a blind wolf, coins of gold pressed against his lids. I followed him everywhere, tripping on roots, grasping at the dirt to find my footing in a dark wood. He never faltered, despite endings when mean words softened his quiet strength. We pressed our cheeks against his bowed legs, chattered our confusion of blindness and clarity into the curve of his arms. Today, when I look into my children's eyes, I can feel his pride and know we have done well, my father and I. Lovely. There's great images in there. Mm-hmm. And the blind, my father is a blind wolf. wolf. Yeah. And then he's also a hunter. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, coins of gold write. pressed against his lids. That image really stuck out to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, not to give away who wrote that, but what was so? What were? How did these? Were they abstract uh, prompts then that come to you? Like you'd read a line, they go, "Oh, boom, just going to go wherever it goes." Or how did that work? Oh no, we, I try. We tried to be in connection with each other, but sometimes a, a phrase would come out out of nowhere, and then the next person would go, oh my goodness, <laughs> I have to add on to this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how we did it. Yeah. Actually, that's a real, it's, it feels like that would be a really um, way to challenge each other, too. Okay, someone... You know, just came up with this killer line. Oh, I've got to, damn, I've got to do it then. Oh, shit, I've got to do it too. It's a great way to write a great poem. Yeah. yeah. And was it facilitated by technology, email, or did I you did sit the down thing together? on my phone. On your phone? Oh, yeah. She was camping with her husband for part of the time. So she was desperately trying to find Wi Fi in all these <laughs> odd places. And, you know, at midnight, we'd be going back and forth and she'd be on a campsite oh my yeah. god that's a poem in itself yeah, so and our our <laughs> friendship survived it and paul, paul and i are still friends after all of this so yes. it's a good thing that's wild <laughs> yeah i never even thought of that like yeah it's, it's, i thought email but it's just out in the wild where were you camping oregon okay mm. And was it? Oh, and then were extra roaming charges and stuff then added on? <laughs> we we went to Wi-Fi uh, cafes and stuff uh, because of our campsites most of them didn't have Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I want to know the roaming charges behind each poem and how much. How much <laughs> That's it costs a whole other book. For each one. <laughs> one one really intriguing thing uh, <clears throat> of the many things about the book, uh, the epigraphs are some Cana- they're Canadians and Americans. And it's interesting that you wrote some of this in the United States. Oh, yeah. Did you find anything emerge out of that? Was there any sort of pattern of, oh, here's a Canadian voice, here's an American voice, or was it just kind of the land of poetry? It was the land of poetry. <laughs> we, we both have so many books of poetry that what, what we didn't say is that we took turns choosing the epigraph and then the other person had to start the poem. Oh, okay. So wherever you thought the poem was going to go when you chose the epigraph, you were surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. And Thanks. we chose them thinking about the other person and how it might affect them and, and you know challenge them as well. So it wasn't just something I liked. It was something that I thought would affect Jude somehow. Yeah. So. And how did that traveling affect the trying to do it in 50 days? Like, did you write, like, three in one day and then, or not here for, you know? It, it was a bit challenging at times, more for you than for me. No, we, 
I, I was very driven. Yeah. And, uh, and much to Paul's horror, holiday, I said, I have to write a poem today. <laughs> um, and Bonnie, too. Bonnie was also the same way because she had a time limit. Mm -hmm. She was starting her PhD and she had to be back at school. Mm -hmm. So that's why we only had 50 days. And how does your writing routine jive together or not? Do you write in the mornings, afternoons, evenings? Do do that factor into any of this? No. 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 And those kind of constraints that you've just put on yourselves. I got a PhD. I've got to finish. I'm hiking in in Oregon. (laughs) Are those was were those conscious decisions or did that? In, well, I knew I was... And putting on those... But deciding to do this project with that deadline happening. Yes, yeah. We decided that we wanted to do this, and we knew that we at had that this... Time. T- at that time. And we knew that we both had things we were doing and that it would affect it. But we were determined, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's hear another poem. Oh, yeah. If you have... We were talking about before the show, if you've got something in more than one voice to share that. Sure, we have one. It is the title poem to the book, and Bonnie's going to read the beginning, the epigraph. Okay. So uh, this epigraph came from a poet, I'm sure a lot of Canadians know of, Jacob Schreier. Um, his book, Reading um, Letters from Brooklyn, uh, and the poem is, My Mother Dies in Reverse, and it was after Robert Priest's reading of the Bible backwards. Oh, yeah. And the lines are, I dig up the dirt and tell the rabbi to recant his prayer. I say, I do not glorify, praise, or bless. I do not say amen. And then the next verse that I, we base this on can be read in six ways, but we are going to only read you two ways today. I cannot walk carrying this load without your legs. I tire and fumble. I fall by the wayside. Scoop me up, oh my golden one. Hold my joys, dissolve my doubts. I will rise singing. I will rise singing, dissolve my doubts. Hold my joys. Oh, my golden one, scoop me up. I fall by the wayside. I tire and fumble. Without your legs carrying this load, I cannot walk. I cannot speak. Songs stick in my throat. Without your voice, I am muted and worn caught in a vortex of notes carry me away with a melody of heart to find love again the rhythm of our souls i will dance once more i will dance once more the rhythm of our souls to find love again with a melody of heart carry me away Caught in a vortex of notes, I am muted and worn. Without your voice, songs stick in my throat. I cannot speak. In the gloaming of dusk, the fallen day closes. I watch the sky settle, leaves a mantle of light. For we each want more than hearts etched in shadow. One 
kiss in the moonlight when I catch the slow night now in the stillness I hold slivers of memory silken strands bind us like mist to the marsh like mist to the marsh silken strands bind us I hold slivers of memory now in the stillness when I touch the slow night one kiss in the moonlight hearts etched in shadow for we each want more than leaves a mantle of light I watch the sky settle the fallen day closes in the glooming of dusk amazing I love that slivers of memory it's such a beautiful phrase and it captures so much the way memory does kind of get inside us and we feel it but it's not necessarily there or really something we can say all the time it's beautiful I'm curious to know how this um, process of of, uh, collaboration changed you as writers how did you feel this shaped your practice and your your voice or what comes out of your pen well I felt like anything could go mm-hmm. I gave up all expectations of myself and I just um, let go completely when I wrote this and all the other poems with Bonnie I usually have a, a sort of an outline an agenda that I want to follow in a poem some sort of framework and I didn't this time I think for me, it's when someone gives you a line, as you were saying, and, and you think, oh, I have to follow that. And it is, you just know it's an image you've never thought of. Mm. It makes you think in a different way out of, out of your own perspective and box. And I think that's a really good challenge to have. So I think it just opened opened me up as a writer a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listening to you read it both, it's like, and the words, it seems like it's, well, this one in particular, that your voices match. Uh, quite a bit. Did you mm-hmm. did you find your voices that you would normally do sh- changing as well to to do that? Like did by a, even not necessarily on purpose. All of a sudden you're writing like Jude or you're writing like Bonnie or like not like them, but you know like just the influence became so strong. I think we got closer in as we went along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was easier the the more poems we wrote. The, the the more I could get into Bonnie's head mm-hmm. and vice versa yeah. Yeah. yeah and are all the poems that are in the book all the poems that you wrote or were there some that ah they just hit a brick wall or t- no. couldn't you finished everything everyone yeah I'm curious about the ones that uh, were like you know this was felt like you were really good in meshing in your voices which ones um Clashed in a way, like you know, I want to, I want to write it this way, and I want to write it that way. Did you have any of those sort of uh, battle moments, or trying to? We figure never out where had the battles. Goes? We'd have moments where we'd say, "Oh, I don't think this works. Could we try this?" Yeah, and we did that. Yeah, it was always very friendly, very uh, easy. It was, it was absolutely easy to work with Jude. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was never a battle. It was. We were both very open to each other's feedback. So, cool. Yeah. That's great. How about incorporating... Oh, were you going to say something? I was just wondering if two other... If two writers were to undertake this endeavor and they were to look to you for advice, wisdom, experience, what would you say in terms of what you've learned about this? Are, any, are there any kind of tips or suggestions that you would make for 
Two writers, Let to go of your golden words, mm. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Be prepared to change the drop of a hat. Uh, and go in the opposite direction. I really found that. Yeah. And I think having the time limit is an added challenge as well. Uh, but I think it was a good thing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you run a writing uh, series that is that sort of incorporates this, encourages people to do this sort of stuff, but, you know, like one or two poems. But uh, right. maybe talk about that. Did that. How much influence did that have on you? And we're um, going to talk about the series. Are you talking about word whips? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but the or, one where you pair, you pair oh, on the Oh, poetic together. pairings, yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, we have one coming up January 22nd at the library, and I'm working with somebody right now. So I put two poets together who have never worked together before, and they have free reign to do whatever they want, and then they have 15 minutes to present it. And we've had people do some really interesting stuff. I mean, you did it. Uh, it's, um, you've both done it. Mm-hmm. And we all have. And it leads to really interesting collaborations. People do this sort of thing where they end up writing back and forth or they take each other's poems and write in between. We had somebody um, use, we've had people use technology where they brought in pictures um, and sound and uh, used voices as orchestra. So it's really been, it's one of my favorite of the reading series that we do because you just don't know what's going to come out. And yeah, and go ahead. Yeah. Well, so what sort of insights from that series and the poets that were in that have talked about kind of uh, snuck in here, if any? Um, in terms of what we do, I think being open to what somebody else is giving you and how it could change your view and your way of going, because sometimes you think you're going in one direction and then, boom, you're going in a totally different direction. Um, and... The collaborations, most people have said that they've wanted to continue the collaborations. I think out of all of the series, we've just had one group that found it was hard to work together, but Mm -hmm. everybody else really enjoyed the process. So I think people tend to grow from it as writers as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Neat. You want to share something else? Each of you? Go ahead. We've got like five minutes left. Okay, uh, I'm going to read a poem called Landlocked. Okay. And the epigraph is this. This land, like a mirror, turned you inward, and you become a forest in a furtive lake from dark pines underwater by Gwendolyn McEwen. Walk lightly. The swan's eyes are closed. She is floating like dandelion fluff in a hard-backed lake. Her slim-necked whiteness swallows the rustle of of reeds. Her ghostly reflection trembles in the sudden sweep of the pine-scented breeze. No one ever hears her call. It is buried between the silence of the purple blaze of fireweed and old man's breath that festoons the branches like jade webs. She pierces my gaze with her blank-eyed glance, unfurls her mighty albatross wings, gathers water lilies to her like magnets, They cling to her breast as she passes, majestic. Her story unravels 
in the quiet sun. The babies that follow try to keep up. She stalls, waits, moves on, stalls, waits, moves on. A circular dance towards shore keeps them in unison. A flowing family whispering the secrets of the wind back at itself. That's so lovely. Yeah, I love the the reflection at the beginning that Gwendolyn McEwen writes about is then reflected in the wind that's bouncing against itself. How beautiful. Yeah. Lovely way to wrap it up, too. A flowing family whispering the secrets of the wind back at itself. That's, and I love the way you're reading it, too. You can tell your, your performance background coming out. <laughs> I'm going to get this one. Oh, I'm going to And Gwendolyn McEwen was such a voice. She would put mascara on and she looked like an Egyptian kind of priestess. And her performances were powerful. So I love that, you know, to hear you read in in response to her voice, too. Thank you. It's wonderful. Who submitted that epigraph? I don't know. We don't know. Do we know? I don't remember that one. We don't know. We can sincerely look at this book and not remember. (laughs) Fused into one. It It is. is. Really. It is. Uh, Barney, let's have you read one more to finish things up. Okay. The epigraph for this one, actually this one I do know because this is one of my favorite poets, Naomi Shaib Nye. Uh, The poem was, Before You Know What Kindness Really Is, and the lines were, You came to me. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. And what's the name of the poem? Come to me. When my father died, I was the closed drawstring of a silk purse. Hmm. You came to me, offered your hand. When I couldn't see my way out of the labyrinth I was lost in, you came to me, offered your eyes. When the way I had known to be in the world disappeared and threw me off balance, you came to me, offered your smile. When the bitter taste of tears pulled at my heart, you came to me, offered your light. When I lost my footing, trying to find the rising moon, you came to me, offered your dance. When the storms brewed inside me and caused me to duck and hide, you came to me, offered your shelter. When I lay down at night to the hum of your sweet breath, you came to me, offered your arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, the book is Cantata in Two Voices, and the poets, the two voices, well, there's more than two voices, I guess, because all these epigraphs, but the meshing of these two voices, uh, Jude Neal and Bonnie Nish are our guests today. Um, have you any readings coming up for the book? Yes, we have one next week at Joikagawa House. Oh. Kevin's um, haunt, maybe? I'll be, <laughs> I'll be walking around in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I'll be living there for, oh, wonderful. for two months as writer in residence. Yeah. So, w- uh, what time and what day? Uh, you, said, you said the day. Bonnie? I don't remember the it's day. Seven, it's the... It's the 8th. 
at um, what so, time? Thank you, Kevin. It's Tuesday the That's 8th. Coming this I Tuesday. don't have the time yeah. here. That's all right. You check out the Joy Kagawa house yeah, and you'll you. find out. Oh, that's great. Okay, cool. Um, and tell us about the publisher quick and so where people can find the book if they want to. We have had the good fortune to be published, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by Extasious Editions by um, uh, Richard. Richard Olofsson, who said, yes, I'll publish this. And it was quite a miracle to us that, because it is so different. Mm-hmm. And that someone picked it up and said, yes, I believe in this work. And mm-hmm. so that is really, that really did a lot for us. And did you did you have that lined up before you started writing? No, or this is no. after. Oh, okay. No, no. And I believe it's at Massey Books. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, is it available online? Yes, it is on store? Amazon. As, and, as well, okay. and through the publisher as well. And it's your reading this coming Tuesday. Yes, yes. Well. it's there as well. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our guest yeah. today. Thank, so you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for sharing your experience with your mom. Thank you for letting me. Yeah. Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year to everybody Year. listening in. Um, and that is all the time we've got. Who's our guest next week? Um, good question. I asked because uh, <laughs> you, you've been wonderful in getting some of our, of our guests for this month. So Next week, we will be speaking to David Lai. Uh, I believe. I'm not sure. Oh, my God! God! Well, we'll all find out together. David, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all right. We'll all find out together. <laughs> Uh, you've been listening to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Uh, if you're just joining us and you're getting ready to listen to No Apologies Necessary, but wow, well, that was kind of an interesting ending and I'm curious about the show altogether, you can go to uh, the Co-op Radio website, coopradio.org, and check on our archives, Wax Poetic, for today, January 2nd, and the show will be there up after 3 o'clock uh, Pacific time today, and then eventually it'll be up also on iTunes as a free podcast for you to download and listen to over and over again cool jude neal and bonnie nish our guests today thank thanks so you. much for being thank here. thank you for having us uh, i'm rc weslowski and i'm kevin spenced and no apologies necessary is coming up next you've been listening to wax poetic on co-op radio cfro 100.5 fm so what so what so what, so what? So what?